Well, that's the intro for this week. Um, <laughs> losing faith in why we've all come to Argentina this week. Welcome to Hand of Pod. Faith, our English Dan was just having a little bit of a moan about cry. The, the poor standard of, of football in the Primera División this week. Um, I'm Sam I referring Kelly. to one match in, in particular, to be fair. Indeed, yeah. Uh, I'm Sam Kelly, and you've already heard English Dan, so I'll introduce him now. Hello. And Australian Dan is here as ever we are in his house. Oh, hello. So it's very fair. Hi, how are you? I can see Good. Well, guys, where are we going to start this week? We, we've got not a little to get through really. I think we should definitely talk about uh, the big game which was Estudiantes Boca yeah and from what I saw it was we should say first it was a 3-0 to Boca away in La Plata which you know a fantastic result on its own considering they were playing uh, playing the league champions they played about uh, league, cha- league, league leaders that's what I meant to say undefeated last, last yeah, undefeated <laughs> yeah and just three days before I think they'd They'd hosted Arsenal in, in the Libertadores, so like a lot of things, you know, that you could probably say we're going against them going into that game, but they just played magnificently. As much as I like to say it, it, it was a stunning performance. Yeah, uh, another thing that was going against them going into the game was that Santiago Silva um, hadn't scored for them, albeit he had played plenty of. Uh, I'll just take my watch off. He, he had played twen- uh, plenty of. of Good matches for them, but he hadn't actually managed a goal until about what was it, eight minutes in? Yeah. Um, when he opened the scoring, Santiago Silva, of course, a former Gimnasia de la Plata player, so Estudiantes fans were, were giving him some uh, during the match, and he enjoyed that goal. Pablo Moche scored for, I think, the third time in four games, which <laughs> makes me wonder whether there's something wrong with football, or at least our <laughs> opinions of it all, and what we thought we'd known. And uh, who was the other goal scorer? Pablo Ledesma yeah. scored the second. Um, as yeah, Silver was a really impressive yeah. performance all round. And Silver, I think, stood out because they've kind of, for him, they've they've kind of coined a new phrase in in the Argentine language. It's uh, now, I think, Nueve Ganche, which means kind of a centre forward mixed with playmaker, which uh, Silver was in the absence of Riquelme. And it's amazing that now, you know, we're all used to Riquelme being bigger than bigger than Jesus in Argentina, but now there's kind of serious talk, you know. He goes out the team and they look a lot more fluid, a lot more all action and this kind of serious talk in the papers, can he or Merritt deserve a place in this team? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was, uh, well, just firstly about the game, uh, I, I, I think it was as well a fantastic performance for Boca and they, they didn't actually, I don't think they dominated the game, I mean, like Estudiantes probably had more possession, yeah. but it was just such a, a big game performance from Boca where just they just clinical, absolutely. took their chances as, as they have done for the last... And I asked sort of on Twitter or something before the game, you know, well, I said, you know, basically we're going to see uh, whether this is going to tell us whether Estudiantes are the real deal this year uh, after having a bad season last year. Now they've got back their team that won the Copa Libertadores. And we're going to see whether Boca um, are kind of over the hill or whether they've sort of uh, lost form since last year. And basically both those questions were answered um, yeah. strongly in Boca's favour. But uh, what were we talking about before that? The... 
Silva Boca's lack of reliance on Riquelme which I think also is uh, another reason that it's become a, a bit of a thing is that Christian Chavez has stepped up so far uh, in 2012 yeah, right. to a far higher level than any of us have seen him play definitely. before right um, he kind of showed it at the end of 2011 he, he started yeah. coming on well but yeah it's definitely this year one of the Argentinian journalists um, Totti Passman who many of you will know is the guy that Maradona insulted before the, the last World Cup um, he had a recent run-in with Basili as well yeah almost cancelled quite opinionated journalist yeah. his, uh, I saw his suggestion during the week was that uh, Boca play home matches with Riquelme as their enganche and away matches with Pochi Chavez as their enganche which is an interesting theory oh, of course they, would, they wouldn't is, yeah. yeah they wouldn't do it but yeah, as you said, they seem to have been playing better. I, I don't think it's that Chavez has been playing so well. It's just that, as we've talked about almost every week, uh, Boca just seemed to be more more direct, more uh, more fluid, if you like, um, faster with without Riquelme in the team. Mm-hmm. Mm. And of course, he's going to have a role to play. I mean, they're playing two games a week, probably for the next month at least. It looks like they're going to be qualifying for the for the second round of the Libertadores now. So. The games are going to be coming thick and yeah. fast, and Riquelme just gives Boca a brilliant way to use him in fits and bursts. So play him for one game a week, and he'll rest in the other, and he'll probably, he'll and probably the problem, sit in Well, the, the problem with Riquelme is that he, because he is Riquelme, because he's such a big figure yes. at the club, yeah. and, and such that, a big figure in his own And he's that for a reason. I mean, let's, yeah, yeah. let's be straight. He's, on his day, he's the best player in the league. Like. Right. But, I mean, for that reason as well, you, you can't just use him sporadically or whatever because he's going to throw a hissy fit soon yeah. uh, so that's another problem for Falcione to, to deal with I'm sure in the next few weeks yeah particularly because squad rotation is I think seen as some kind of suspicious foreign idea um, here in Argentina mm, which is uh, much like uh, freedom of speech and uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah it's, it's certainly not, not reached yet the same level of say necessity as <clears throat> as, as is now frequently seen in, particularly in Europe's biggest leagues uh, rotating a squad to take no, no, at the same time they always struggle with playing two matches a week yeah. I mean, yeah. for, for exactly that reason because they're, they're not well, take as, as into, I mean even at the moment who just kicked off as we're recording against Olympia uh, much more consistent than in the Libertadores than in the league but it's I mean, they're making a couple of changes, but it's pretty much the same core of the mm, team. They've been making quite a few changes, like they have been, but they've been struggling with the changes. I think, yeah. and now they've obviously decided they're going to, have, I would say, a full strength side for this game, and they've obviously decided to focus on the Copa Libertadores. Yeah. But just like what Dan was saying before about it being impressive that Boca won, you know, played during the weekend and won on the weekend. Uh, in Europe, that wouldn't be impressive. It's, they played a game down the road in Arsenal, and then they played. A, a game what, uh, less than an hour away in, yeah. in La Plata in Europe nobody would think twice about that but for some reason it's an issue in Argentina it has been in for yeah. as long as I can remember yeah, yeah we can say it, it shouldn't be an issue but I think we all know from watching local football here it definitely it is, is. Yeah. 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 I mean we've, we've, we've discussed in the past especially sort of this time last year and, and maybe sort of 10-11 months ago up to Vélez's semi-final run yeah. uh, in the Copa Libertadores about how no sides ever won the Clausura and the Copa Libertadores in the same mm. semester, um, as they say here. And obviously, I think from now as well, starting what next week, we're going to get teams taking the Copa Argentina a little bit more seriously, as they're left in it, because we've got the round of 16 coming up. Um, 
certainly the AFA are making noises about taking it a little bit more seriously. They're hoping that ticket uh, sales go up and things like that. We'll, we'll talk a bit more detail maybe about that next week when uh, when Australian Dan might be here, unfortunately. Where's Sober today? Um, yeah, sorry, we, we should have mentioned that Sever's absent today uh, once again because <laughs> apparently Sever's son just isn't mature enough to look after himself. <laughs> um, I, I think you should be getting him to grow up a little bit more quickly, frankly, Sever. Um, but anyway... Uh, other results from the weekend Lanus who we're watching at the moment lost on Friday night 1-0 at home to Belgrano another late penalty for Belgrano after the two that that they were involved in uh, the week before in their match against San Martin one in the 88th minute to go down and they they equalised in stoppage time with another penalty Um, other notable results can we remember any we'd have to talk about um, San Lorenzo losing Mm. for their second week in a row uh, at home well at home in an empty stadium to Velisarsfield and that was the end of their, their coach Madelon who quit after the game and in, in spite of the fact that he followed the instructions of the press obviously they allowed journalists in I don't know whether yeah. you, did you see this, this thing on the Ole website saying that there was one, one of the journalists who was allowed in was either you know for the official club site or whatever <coughs> for whatever reason he happened to be a San Lorenzo fan as well right. and he was standing off in the press box and shouting get this player off and, and put him on and about five minutes later, that's what Manilon did. And then the same thing happened again later on in the second half, seems. Yeah, it was one of those situations again where it was supposedly closed doors, but when San Lorenzo, when something happened in favour of San Lorenzo, you'd hear a lot of cheers yeah. and from, from the crowd. So it's all friends of directors, family yeah, directors, yeah. Uh, friends people, of friends. And, people getting in. Yeah. Um, and just on that, I'll, I'll have a rant in a little bit about coaches. Um, being linked with uh, with the San Lorenzo job, it looks very likely to be Caruso Lombardi at this stage. But uh, we'll go through the rest of the results and then I'll talk about that. Mm. Um, well, there was a Banfield five-two. Yes, amazing game. We're not really every bit as dumb as we all expected it to be <laughs> between two of the worst teams in the league. Um, yeah, Independiente beat Atletico Rafaela two-nil. Very dull first half and a much better second half. Um, I, I, well, Sam and I were at the game, and I thought in both teams were, were absolutely dire. And I think it was the first, the worst half of football I've seen all year. Um, really terrible. None of it. Like it was two passes into midfield, and then somebody would lose it, and then the other team would pass it twice and lose it, and and rinse and repeat. The second half, for about 20, 30 minutes, Independiente looked a bit more. I don't know, have a bit more energy about the way they were doing things and scored two goals. But apart from that, the, the match was pretty pretty terrible. Mm. It's Independiente's third win in four matches, though. Um, mm. So they're definitely doing, starting to do something right. They're, they're, they're getting some results together and the confidence. <coughs> yeah, I don't see any. Yeah. Having seen that game, I don't see any. I don't see them doing anything just because mm. they, they don't seem to have any sort of game plan. They, they don't have any creative players in midfield. Oh, I don't think they're going to be challenging for anything. But no, I don't see them winning more, they, any more games. They need to start uh, picking up some more points in order to avoid potential <coughs> relegation trouble next season if relegation happens next season with this and on continuing another note, discussion about the league format. Rafael were one of the teams I thought might uh, have a, a similar successful campaign as they did in the Apertura, but they were even worse than Independiente. So yeah, mm-hmm. they're right down in trouble now. Yeah, I would kind of write them off at this stage <laughs> they're in the lower of the two relegation playoff places now between San Lorenzo who are in the, the upper of those positions and Tigre who after San Lorenzo lost to Veles once again threw away the chance to draw level with, with San Lorenzo in the relegation played um, on Saturday in San Lorenzo oh yeah right yeah, sorry that's right so Tigre got let off yeah um, 
they've played after San Lorenzo for the, the last couple of weeks which is why I got confused uh, they lost 2-1 at home to Argentinos Juniors um, did either of you see that one? I didn't have the pleasure now I'm afraid mm-hmm. I'm not sure I did either I'm trying to it was one of those where they, they had another match on at the same time and I can't remember which one it was which doesn't oh no we were, at, we were coming back to the end again that's why we were on our way there um, and yeah which was which was the other result that was just in my head as I started to talk then and have now forgotten um, oh bloody hell there was two. a 2-2 draw wasn't there yeah between between Colón and San Martín de San Juan well done English Dan yes very well done thank you um, Colón's tell us about that game Dan Go on, please do. I think it was being played at the same time as Racing, so uh, I didn't have the pleasure. Tell us about Racing's game, then. I don't want... To. <laughs> no, it was... Uh, that was yeah. not a pleasure. If you that was definitely not a pleasure, no. Um, uh, Racing took on News in News Our Boys in Rosario, and basically it was a fairly even first half. Um, both teams showed a bit. They, they played well, and either of them could have opened the scoring, and then after half-time... Racing just just shut down, could barely string two passes together, and Newell's took full advantage and ran out easy to you know winners. Just walked it in the second half. Yeah, fully deserved. Um, and that that victory for Newell was very briefly, yeah. slightly surprisingly, took them top of the table for a couple of hours at least until the Boca Estudiantes match, which yeah. was immediately after finished. Um, Newell's are very much sort of a, a force. This, yeah. this campaign aren't they they're, um, I couldn't Ma- be happy with them, yeah. wonders with them. I mean I couldn't be happy I mean apart from the fact they beat Racing which was uh, which was a kick in the teeth although maybe not a completely unexpected one it's kind of fulfilling my prophecy in the start of the season how they're just going to be the mighty Ducks team of the year with Martino who's just great to be to talk seriously with you know that metaphor <laughs> in the background he yeah. really has just uh, grabbed the team at, by the scruff of the neck he didn't have the money to bring any bring in anyone so he's kind of relied on Youngsters who've who've been in the system or people that have been there a long time and just really kind of shaped them into just a very very strong team from what I saw. I don't think I've seen that much of them before Sunday this season, but from what I saw, they're just yeah. completely solid at the back. And one thing you can do is Martino has done exactly what he did with Paraguay. He's got them running, he's got them pressing, he's got them really just a solid solid unit and mm. in the like, league it's going gonna, it's gonna to pay off he looks like such a sensible guy too compared to the other coaches you know, he's just I don't know he's, he's yeah. wearing a nice shirt he's got some nice designer glasses on yeah. compared to some of these other guys he's I'm guessing you, you'd be referring to Basile who in uh, well, yeah. in, in my week turned up to a press conference <laughs> wearing extremely dark sunglasses <laughs> with the excuse that um, a fly had uh, flown into his eyes <laughs> that yeah, the amount of people that believe that could probably fit into the uh, into the elevator that takes us up to Dan's um, yeah. yeah, and yeah, well, you've got all these guys like Basile and whoever Caruso Lombardi, who, yeah. um, you know, like t-shirt, you know, shirt unbuttoned down to their belly button, huge yeah. beer gut. I don't know. They look like they drunk about fifteen whiskeys last night and yeah. smoked a few cigars as well. One of me. Still Lotharios, I, I suppose. Um, this seems like as good an opportunity as any, Dan, for you to go off on your performance. <coughs> right, I was just going to... I mean, I touched on it a few weeks ago. I, I kind of wanted to do this with, with Seba here because he would be able to talk about it a lot more. Um, no, just the fact that whenever somebody leaves a club, like a coach, yeah. um, you always hear exactly the same names mentioned uh, in, in relation to the position. And it's always the same group of sort of 
old guys who who haven't, in my opinion, haven't done anything in quite a while. Hmm. Yet they're just conti- just the same names. They're just continually linked with the. Uh, for example, with San Lorenzo this time, we've got the, the, the two names. As I said, it's probably going to be Caruso Lombardi who gets the job, but Merlo was the other one, Mostasa Merlo. Uh, and, well, I just had a quick look at his record, for example. And So he won the title with Racing back in 2001. 2001, yeah. Right, so he won the title with the Grande, and then he had a good season in 2005-2006 with the Estudiantes, which I think was his last good season. He qualified for Copa Libertadores with them. After that, he went to River. He fought with players, especially Gallardo, and quit after less than a year. Pretty bad campaign. Quit after uh, about five matches or something, I think. No, that was uh, that was later. I think it was almost a year with River. Right. Uh, then with uh, then he had another stint with Racing, where he lasted less than a year as well. Argued with the president. Then he went to Barcelona, Guayaquil. Uh, he finished fifth out of six teams. His contract wasn't renewed. Uh, Rosario Central, he lasted five games. He fought with the players. Another scene with Rosario Central, he lasted 12 games. Four wins, four losses, four draws. And was obligated to resign. Mm. So that's his form since 2005, yet he gets linked with all these positions. The other guy, Caruso Lombardi, we've talked about him many times. He's had 16 clubs, uh, most of them in, in lower divisions. Um, in, all those, in all that time, he's won three... Primera B titles in 1996, 2004, and 2005. Mm. That's um, the like, third division, basically. Yeah. Yeah. To me, I don't know. I can see what you're saying about Merlo, but I think with Caruso, maybe you're being a little bit tough. I mean, we know what Caruso is about as a man, as a coach, and he's he's shown, if nothing else, that he's got a knack for bringing up clubs and either kind of getting him into into the top division or keeping them there. I mean, we've seen. He did it with Racing when they were in a horrific state in 2009. He came in and got them kind of 30 points from a championship and, and kept them kept them up in the league basically. He did the same with Tigre. He came in and had a, an excellent stint. And with Quilmes, he came so close after after he looked absolutely condemned. So oh, I think yeah. for what he does, like he can't be he can't be put in the same. same uh, as someone as Merlo. No, but I think a lot of that. what he does as well is based on his <coughs> just his media personality and I mean yeah obviously he's considered one of these guys who's yeah. the you know the firefighter who comes in and rescues yeah. the team when they're in relegation trouble or well, also we should say with with uh, Kilmes he's, he's done fantastically this yeah but he, I mean he was brought in to rescue Kilmes from relegation yeah. as you said and he was relegated yeah. um, so I think a lot of I think he's just earned his reputation and now he's just living off it basically I mean I think that says a lot because although I, I wouldn't necessarily uh Lay the blame for Kilmer's relegation at his feet. He, he certainly gave it a very good go, and everybody yeah. right. expects them to go down. He was almost brought in in order to bring them back up this season, um, but he's not staying around to do that. He's, you know, <laughs> immediately very. And he has been doing well with Kilmer's to be yeah. fair in the second division. Um, but, yeah. and, and, but he's he's very openly now talking about what a nice man Kilmer's president and one of Argentina's. Uh, uh, government's highest figures, Anibal Fernandez, yeah, the is sitting in talk to San Lorenzo um, and all the rest mm. of it, and it's a bit sort of. I mean, you came into this club because you had a project for them, and you're not going to see that through. You're just going to yeah. bugger off because you suddenly realise that Instituto and River are more likely to get automatic yeah. <laughs> uh, promotion than. Anyway, I guess what my point was is that it's just kind of depressing to see these same names mentioned every time. 
Russo is another one that Dan pointed out before, yeah. and, and, and there's sure several of them. Yeah. Um, and of course, uh, Marilon, who's just left uh, San Lorenzo, has he's had a string of unsuccessful kind of yeah. spells at clubs. But I think probably for me the the question, the problem goes deeper than just person on the bench. I think the fact that you've got so many of these people buzzing around with pretty pretty shoddy records, if you look long term, is just kind of damning of the case where you get coaches that come in. And they can often last ten games, eight games, and they're out the door. Like, yeah. there's no kind of view of continuity. There's no long-term project. No. They come in, do a job. If they lose a few games, they're out. And it's not obviously not serving the coaches. It's not serving the teams because they're rotating their managers. You know, they're having two a year, three. It's yeah, it's not a viable, a viable way to run a football team. And I think what partly annoys me about it as well, which probably wouldn't uh, affect our international listeners so much is the way that the media here goes on about I mean they've been talking for days about Caruso Lombardi and who's yeah. going to take the San Lorenzo job and you feel like it just doesn't make a difference you just yeah. put any of these guys in here it'll be you know they'll they'll do what they're going to do anyway and uh, it's that kind of weeks. feeling yeah, yeah so definitely. it's and I, and I think it's more based on what I was saying before that these guys are big personalities the media love talking to them because yeah. they say ridiculous things all the time and yeah. yeah so. I mean just drawing this back to Racing very quickly I mean uh, we said the same about Basile that he's probably he's definitely one of these guys who can fall yeah. into the same category and he's kind of set himself his own kind of little milestone if Racing don't beat San Lorenzo next week then he'll be resigning and mm. that'll be after eight games, you know, and which, which in itself is ridiculously short-term thinking, not not from the club, but from the from manager. Him, yeah, of course, I yeah. saw he adjusted that slightly in the afternoon, where he said, um, so, "If we don't win the classicos, yeah, well, that's even harsher." Like you know, he has to get six points yeah. out. Of <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> but yeah, I think you got the idea with Basili that he came in thinking the team was there, he could kind of waltz to, if not a championship, a top three finish, a top four, and kind of go out in a blaze of glory with. Yeah, you know, with these wrestling fans, but the reality has been a lot harsher on him. Yep. So, yes, it's going to be interesting. And then if if he leaves, the question is, where does wrestling turn? Well, Simeone has taken. Yeah. maybe. I'd like to see some of these guys like Zulalia, who's I think in yeah. Ecuador at the moment, or um, Arua Barena. I don't know why he's not being mentioned more. The Tigre coach. Yeah. Um, he's done extremely well with Tigre. But I'm guessing he wouldn't want to leave Tigre until mm, the end of the season. Yeah. No. It's interesting, yeah. It, to a big extent, it does seem kind of like an old boys club, this this coach media dynamic. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, mm-hmm. Where the, the guys who've just come in don't really get a look in until they've had at least about 10 clubs under their belt. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's who you know, not what you know. It seems just how many just That seems to be the case kind of, a lot of the time with the, the national team. Yeah. Uh, Job, albeit Sabella's a recent exception, but even at the youth level, they've got the same problems there. Mm-hmm. And I guess what what the people at the top do affects how everybody else <laughs> looks at it as well to an extent. Any, I think we, we silence in the Handapod studio as we try and work out silently what to do much. next. Uh, talking about the top and then going down, and we've already mentioned Ricardo Caruso Lombardi in Nacional B. It would be remiss of us, uh, and particularly of me, not to goad Australian down for Federal's um, damning slip up uh, at the weekend. They they travelled to to the Estadio Monumental to take on River Plate and they became only the second team in the top half of the second division to lose to River this season um, it, was a, it was a Tresigay penalty 
followed by uh, no in fact uh, Rogelio no Ramiro Funes Mori no. I got confused about that first I, mean, I found it very confusing because I yeah. obviously me and Dan were, were at the Independiente game I, I got back to the pub later on and asked a couple of my friends do you know what the river score was neither of them did so one of them looked it up on their iPhone um, and the score that he found just had the scorers and it had ah Funes Mori <laughs> and I thought that's not fucking use <laughs> there are two of them yeah. but um, I think we could probably use logic in this case and think that Rogelio sort of jokingly said exactly that to them and they yeah. not being football fans <laughs> really understand what I was talking about <laughs> I got home and sure enough it, it was Gramiro who'd scored from a corner yeah. then David Trezeguet scored a penalty and then uh, to wrap up the win quite late on scored an absolutely blistering volley from the far corner of the 18-yard box after was it, it was a corner wasn't it or a wide free it was a corner from Sanchez and it got header back and yeah Trezeguet let let a ripper out yeah yeah and well, it I almost, think Dan disagrees like he was saying oh, it was definitely a cross I think right. <laughs> so again a lucky lucky red career yeah. I'm, I'm not sure that you could really compare it with Pablo Mocha's uh, goal the other week no. last weekend but I'd like to I'd like to talk about Trezeguet for a little bit because that those two goals against Ferro took him up to 7 for the season and obviously he only signed in January and he and started, he started what, yeah he started the season his, you know, his first year yeah. off the bench he started the season on the bench or kind of training still getting fitness but you can just see that that kind of level is just <laughs> far too low for him He's not, not yeah. entirely surprisingly considering we're <laughs> no, talking yeah. about a man who's oh, well, European championship, European championship winner a couple of yeah, Champions League it's, titles it's fantastic to see kind of and I'm sure River fans are very happy to have him in there. Well, it's, the I, I, was, I was just thinking, it's almost a, a similar kind of thing as what we've just been saying with the managers, how so many of them seem to become cult figures, mm-hmm. almost without having done very much. Yeah. And, you know, Trezeguet, <laughs> given the, the, the time in River's history that he's actually come to the club, and also given that he's been a, a professed fan of the club throughout his career when he hasn't mm-hmm. had a chance to play for them before... Um, he has become an instant kind of cult hero uh, with the fans. Obviously, Fernando Cavanaghi and Chori Dominguez have just sort of cemented their positions as such by coming back. But Trezeguet came back and, and he could have perhaps been, I wouldn't say forgiven, but you wouldn't have been entirely surprised if he'd sort of come back with this kind of Billy Big Balls attitude and mm. just thinking, oh yeah, I, I should be playing all the time. And he's done exactly the opposite of that and he's, he's been absolutely... Superb, and it can only help, you know, whether he ends up playing very much for the rest of the season or next season or whatever. It's only going to help the young players coming through somebody with that level of experience yeah, that, for that amount of time. I mean, if you can teach Funes Mori how to finish, then he could be the most fearsome striker in, in Argentina. Yes, or, or indeed in Europe, if anybody wants to give River Plate several tens of millions of dollars for Rogelio Funes Mori. Please do. Yeah. You I can send your checks yeah. to Hand of Pod. I think you, you need to reach out to Man City, like they, they're fond of spending some money, so. Yes, perhaps I'll pay a discount for the two brothers. Yeah, <laughs> buy one get one free. Yeah, <laughs> actually, like these are. If Ramiro turns out to be as good a defender as he might be, that could turn into quite good value. Um, uh, excellent. Yeah, that means that uh, Instituto won as well, didn't they? The, the day of four-one against Defensa y Justicia um, last night. In fact, wasn't it on Monday? Was it four? I think it was. Yeah, two-one. Yeah, it was 2-1 I was going to kill one 4-1 yeah, which yeah. was the other game I watched the same, same evening um, but yeah that, that means that Instituto is still uh, three points ahead of River at the moment yeah. and our favourite young lad Diwala scored again he's now levelled Kavanagi and one more there's four guys actually remember, I think yeah. on 17 goals yeah, yeah. But definitely he's levelled Kavanagi yeah. yep. up the top Mm. just keeps going absolutely and in fact I've just remembered that this match we're watching or rather not really watching but it's on TV as we record 
uh, Lionel Messi's cousin is. I can't yes. remember whether he's. Like, he's certainly an, an Olympia squad member. Right? Yeah, he was, no, he's been in the first team. Well, no, but he's injured. I saw. Yeah, very, very well. Tweeting yeah. before. But um, Maxi Bianucci, his name is, and he's yeah. Yeah, there, there, are, Olympia. there are two of them. One of them's playing in Mexico now, and one of them's here. But yeah, Bianucci. Yeah. Uh, Bianucci. Remember the name. Ralph tweeted very cheekily before the Champions match. Messi injured. Oh, I mean, Messi's cousin is injured. <laughs> for the for the for the Messi injured for causing clash. I wanted to oh, right. just. Sort of, we, we've already hinted on uh, the fact that Lanús uh, really struggling in in the league at the moment as well, um, and seemingly doing all right in the Copa as we speak. They're one 0 up about halfway through the first half against Olimpia, and bizarrely, if they hang on to this, they'll be almost qualified. They've got a trip to Flamengo, and mm-hmm. uh, I, I think they'll probably be qualified next yeah, week. But qualified yeah. that name, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and if I were a Lanús fan, I'd almost be hoping they went out at this stage because you can't help but get the sense that once they don't have the copper to think about anymore. No, but I think now they've, they've decided to focus. They've on just the got, to, yeah, they've got to go for the copper. I mean, the league, even if they pull it back now, they've lost what five games a season. Yeah, they're fine. Uh, in terms of yeah. points averages, they're, they're, they're great. Yeah, they're one of the top worry. teams, and I think yeah. they've just decided to focus on the copper. So I'm they'll sure. definitely be hoping to go through. And, yeah. and then they'll yeah we'll see that they'll be putting out second string <clears> teams in the league from now yeah. on. I think. Yeah, it's it's a shame in a way. It's nice to watch them when they get that consistency up. Um, and I don't think they're going to win the Copa Libertadores. Mm, probably not. No. Having said that, it can't hurt to give it a go, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, why not? Um, what else What else can we talk about? Uh, we could have a break and go to some questions. We yeah. could indeed, yes. We're going to uh, to put the microphone down and I'll, I'll play some music as usual. And uh, we're now going to, Dan and I will type into... Twitter and ask for more live questions because that went so well last week and we thoroughly enjoyed it. We'll try and pronounce all of your names correctly this time as well. And uh, one of the, the first to come in was from Tony Jones, whose Twitter is the Tony Jones, who asks, why live questions? Um, the simple answer to that, Tony, is that it was quite fun last week. Yeah, it's kind of fun. It's, it puts uh, you know, an air of unexpectedness into the podcast. And it, it keeps us on our toes and we'll be able to help our listeners feel a little bit better that they actually aren't that far off our own level of knowledge about exactly. the subject as well. Um, the first question is from a young lady called Laura Ryman, who... Asks, I'm not sure whether she's asking Dan specifically or, or all of us. Uh, do you think the Argentina national team would be up for some Pilates sessions with me? Mm-hmm. Um, and then she's used the hand of blood hashtag. She has, yeah. Well, well done, Laura. Thank you for that. Uh, <laughs> if everybody else could start doing that as well, it would be magnificent. We'll try and get trending at four o'clock in the morning. <laughs> <hours or something. laughs> and the answer to that question is yes. I think they would love yeah. some Pilates lessons from her. I don't know if I would allow it. <laughs> Dan runs a, runs a tight ship knowing some of the characters in the Argentina team yeah indeed yes. who do you think would be would be good at Pilates in the in the Argentine team uh, Romero Claudio Pichud's very Romero's got a very Pilates look yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> not a 
I think Rocco could be a bit of a dark horse as well. Like young lad, he's probably yeah. quite flexible. Yeah. Esteban Cambiaso looks like the kind of surprise. <laughs> yeah, he'd probably be. Yeah, Sanetti will probably just snap. Javier Sanetti surely either does yoga or Pilates. There's got to be some reason for his continuing phenomenal levels of fitness. Right, I hear he. No, I hear he drinks cocktails made of like baby's tears, which helps keep him young. Yeah, it's a rumor. Unicorn tears. I thought it was unicorn horns and, and baby tears, or oh, maybe baby horns and unicorn tears, one of the two. Anyway, we have had some questions. So, <laughs> uh, Gordon, or oh, on Twitter is uh, Goraifli, no, Gora Yfla, asks, how is Matias de Federico doing after his return to Argentina? And also, how are his old club or a can faring in the second division? Um, whilst I furiously try and get the second division table up, so we answer the second of those yeah. questions. I think Huracan, from my knowledge, are just mid-table to be like. I think so they are. They started quite poorly, yeah. I know that, but they've picked it up a little bit since. Yeah. They are 13th out of 20 sides at the moment. Yeah. Uh, 1-8, drawn 8, lost 10. And they're only, what, they've got 32 points. They're only like 7 behind defence equals DCA in 8th. Relatively tightly bunched, mm. albeit maybe not quite as tightly as, as those sort of third to seventh positions. Um, oh no, actually, pretty much exactly as tightly as those third to seventh positions. Now I'm looking at the numbers myself. Um, so yeah, Huracan, uh, they started the season dreadfully, actually. They, they were in serious danger of, of getting relegated, but they've picked themselves up now. They're a couple of places above the relegation playoffs, but relatively safe at the moment if they can keep their current form up for the rest of the season. I was talking with Rupert Fryer about it on Twitter early in the week about uh, how Rodrigo Battaglia, their quite talented young midfielder, is still at Huracan, which is amazing mm. that they've hung on to him. Yeah. In yeah. Second division, I think sure. he's just had the misfortune of dropping off the radar a bit because he's not what I can haven't done anything right. like Snowbay unlike say yeah. River and Instituto well a few games I've seen he's been extremely dominant yeah. um, problem is if you're in a losing team in a yeah, secondary so. division you're not going to get nice mm. so no, that's and just reality and being a second division player who's not Paolo Dybala or um, or that other one who plays for that team I can't remember or Campos um, River yes thank you I was trying to actually really forgotten that and the Federico yeah, if, if you're not one of those, then, then it's very difficult to get noticed in the second division this season. Mm-hmm. And uh, De Federico, the, the more accurate question might have been, how is Matias De Federico not doing? Yeah, He's shown he's really very, playing. very limited flashes, because I think he has ability, but I think he's also got kind of an attitude, he's not one to put the hard yards in. And yeah, and, and he's pretty much been told now, by, since Christian Diaz has taken charge, he's, he's De Federico started training with the reserves. Right. Um, as have a couple of... of Independiente's other players who, who Diaz obviously didn't want to consider for the first team um, so yeah, it's, it's a shame in a way because he's a really talented player um, yeah. it was fantastic for Rodakam when he came on the scene he was so, yeah. I think uh, he was almost rated higher by some than Pastore in that team yeah. but in a way I think it was a bit um, I don't know of a false impression because he did quite terribly for, by all accounts in Brazil yeah although he didn't play at all kind of he was on the bench and he didn't right, try okay. him. But since you know, since that Uruguayan team, he hasn't done anything at no. all. No. That was the sound of another question appearing. We'll get on to it in a second. Uh, very quickly moving through, Joshua Bramlett, who is at Soybokense on Twitter, asks us two. One is how very rude worded are uh, Olimpo. Um, the answer is very, very. Very, very. He said fuck once on this episode. So. Yeah, I'm sure he said fuck. He says how fucked are Olimpo. Yeah. Uh, the answer is that they're well and truly adrift, and if they lose the next two matches, they're going to slide down to one point per game in the yeah. points average table. Uh, it looks like they're. Which is kind of the yeah. point of no return almost, really. Yeah. 
uh, the, the point of we, the pun. We've talked about Raphael before. We've talked about how these teams that have just come up, well, you know, how difficult Raphael are down there, Olympo, mm-hmm. yeah. in big I mean, obviously, Olympo have uh, one yeah, extra season, extra but it's, season, yeah. they're still playing fewer matches and they've got fewer points on the board than the teams who've been here for three years. And it, it does affect them, especially if, if Rafael and San Martín only need to pick up a couple of points and they'll be coming back up this way again in the, in the relegation table fairly rapidly. And, I mean, admittedly, particularly in Rafael's case, that doesn't look likely at the moment. But if all it takes is that kind of injection of confidence and suddenly they can drop people above them straight in it. But Olimpo look hopeless. I mean, to concede five goals to Banfield, you've got to be doing something really spectacularly wrong. Indeed. Uh, so that's that one. The, the second one from, from Joshua was, uh, will Raquel may have a coach Boca? I think if that happened, the world would end. Yeah. Gentlemen? I can't see Raquel may ever going, to co- going into coaching. I just can't see it, whether it was Boca or, mm. or anywhere else. He just, no. I I can't even imagine any sort of parallel universe where Raquelme would be, you know, able to consider someone else's view on a topic and yeah. kind of balance the team. I would have said the same about Maradona, right? Yeah, true. That's very true. I wouldn't say this. I, I could almost see it being, if he ever did, a sort of situation where, a bit like you sometimes read some of, um, of Swindon's players when Glenn Hoddle was player manager there. Saying that, you know, he'd almost get frustrated with everybody else not being as good as he used to be. Yeah. So yeah. rather than advising or giving some gentle nudges in the right direction in training he just starts hammering in free kicks himself and things um, Juan Jordi Cule on Twitter Tevez and Kuhn that's Aguero both failed to settle in Manchester do you think Higuain would want to go to Manchester as part of an exchange for Kuhn uh, has Kuhn failed to settle in Manchester I don't think I he has heard much about that yeah, it seems like he's done very well in this I've season. seen a couple of video clips of off pitch stuff which suggests that he's even learning English to a hmm. I'm not going to say a reasonable degree but certainly more closer to a reasonable degree than Carlos Tevez ever yeah. did um, he's, he seems to be enjoying playing with, with Pablo Savaleta yeah. as well and I know, Argentine yeah. and but I think what um, what whoever it was I've got a terrible memory he was talking about Juan <laughs> Juan whatever Juan was talking about he's basically saying there was rumours today in the Spanish press that mm. um, Madrid are considering kind of a Higuain plus 10 million euros to bring Aguero in if which there were is, in the Spanish yeah. press about it it must be true yeah which would be it would be interesting like I, think be I could see Higuain yeah thing. I could see Higuain kind of banging in goals in England it's kind of he lo- loves to run onto the ball he loves to kind of the play. fact that his yeah. I mean he's a, one of the Say top five, top ten strikers in the world. And the fact yeah, that his yeah, position is not one hundred percent secured and yeah. as, a, as a number nine for for Real Madrid means yes. like, I think he would do well to be the, the yeah. main focal point of, a, of an attack. Yeah. yeah, I'm not entirely convinced that the deal will happen. No, um, no it's, yeah. at all. But yeah, I, I think if if it happens, then Iguain would be a success. Yeah, but we can't see it happening. I don't think. But I think um, we can say as well, like referring to the question, that the fact this kind of offer has come up basically shows that it's been the opposite case with Kuhn that he has settled brilliantly well he's shown shown his form and that's mm-hmm. why people like Real Madrid are interested yeah, so. definitely. yeah. Um, next question from Ohio Guna whose Twitter handle is Ohio Guna it says which Argentine club would the group predict to go furthest in this year's Copa Libertadores and why just to recap quickly between Boca Vélez Godoy Cruz uh, Lanús and Arsenal de Sarandí I'm going to say Vélez um, I'm going to go for Boca I've got a feeling they're really going to uh, show what they're made of in the, yeah. in the later stages because I think over a kind of a two leg game you know they're not going to concede many goals uh, 
always going to be in with a shout. So it's, they're going to be very hard to beat for for any opposition. Yeah, I think I'll agree. Definitely, it's those two teams yeah. and probably Boca with a slight edge. So I mean, who do we think are going to are going to progress from the group stages? You got to think. Well, the Leeds are all but in, and Boca are all but in. So yeah. them three end up can probably see Arsenal and okay. and Godoy Cruz going out. I can see Godoy Cruz just about sneaking through only because they're just so schizophrenic in this year's yeah. couple it's going to be interesting they've, yeah. in the league. they've got a um, massive game tomorrow against um, Universidad de Chile yeah, in mean, Mendoza but, yeah. and it's one of these where it wouldn't surprise me if they went through but it also wouldn't surprise me if they finished bottom of their group and three points off qualification yeah. because so far they've they've got two really impressive results against Atletico Nacional two draws yeah um, I mean, the, the second of those after Atletico hadn't won in a while but the first of them I think was pretty much the start of Atletico's relatively poor form mm. um and yeah, the, the match tomorrow, yeah. they they could hammer Universidad de Chile, yeah. or they could get hammered by them. Although <laughs> in Chile, yeah, in Chile they got absolutely turned over. It was five yeah, one. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, you got to say Universidad de Chile are going to be the favourites of that game. But mm. yeah, as we say, anything can happen with Godoy Cruz and yeah. Universidad as well. Two so very exciting teams. My answer to the question is going to be that. It's just uh, I mean they got to the semis last year. Yeah. Uh, the the league run is going to have a something to do with it as well depending on which team thinks they've got the easier run at the Libertadores and then who's yeah, up the league I can see them next one from Tom Beck TWJ Beck on, on Twitter is Messi a 100 goal season possible can Messi get 200 caps for Argentina um, <laughs> to the first of those if you're saying this season then no if you're saying ever no. 100 goals no, is a nothing hell will surprise me anymore. Well, I was yeah. saying. You'd think that 100 goals is insurmountable, but. Yeah. But then you would have thought that 60 goals for him, if, you, if somebody had asked you that, what, two years ago, mm. you'd have said. No. I remember when they were talking about Cesar's record for Barcelona, and they were saying, well, yeah, he should be getting there in two years or so, yeah. which he did in this before even this season yeah. mm. finished. So. 200 um, caps. No. What would be. Yeah. That, why not? Uh, sorry, Sanetti's got, what, 100 and. 45 mm. at the moment and Messi is ex- Messi at half time of his next match will have yeah. got you know halfway there if he were only to get half a cap for it right. um, but then so again Zanetti's been out in so and out of the team he hasn't you know he's missed two World Cups I, I, I don't think they don't play enough matches anymore yeah. so w- once upon a time yes it would have been yeah. um, 150 maybe you could see like if he stays fit and mm. carries on playing how many is on at the moment 70 yeah, he's got. So, I, I remember looking after his most recent game, and he's exactly, literally half a half a game off the number of caps that uh, being half the number of mm-hmm. caps that Sanetti got. Yeah. And obviously, at the age of twenty-four, whereas Sanetti's what thirty-seven. Yeah. Um, so he's got plenty of time to catch Sanetti up. I think he's certainly going to end as Argentina's most capped player. I don't know. You can assume that he's going to be in the side until he's from now until the time he's thirty-four or so, but, or, or even older. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It's possible. Uh, it's kind of a mystic down moment, I think. Right? <laughs> yeah. Indeed. Um, Neil Zimmerman, who is Viva la Roja Mierda on Twitter, says, question for if you're still taking them. We are. Uh, <laughs> Thanks, Neil. Why do you think there are so few, if any, Chileans playing in Argentina? Hmm. I'm putting my hand up and I'm going to say economics. Yeah, the Chilean league is actually surprisingly strong economically. Mm. You've got three teams, like uh, Colo Colo, Universidad de Chile, Católica, that the match of almost any Argentine club kind of mm-hmm. when it comes to financials so these players they don't they don't have the need to move around 
in in South America. A lot of Chileans they do go to um, they do go to Mexico. A few end up in Brazil, but no, there's I know there's a couple in. Sorry, keep talking. Yeah. I know there's a couple in Argentina. You've got um, Gonzalo Espinosa, who was at Racing and he moved to Arsenal, and there definitely is one more, but he doesn't come. That was, to that was Gary Medel, obviously. Mm-hmm. Gary Medel, of course, while, yeah. which, because it's Boca makes it makes it all much easier for them to yeah. to come here. Um, but yeah, you're right. I, I can't remember who, who else it was. We, we have very briefly uh, Alexis Sanchez, of course, at River. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. We can say economics. Uh, yeah. Easy answer. Yeah. There's nothing they can get in Argentina that they can't get playing for one of the cl- top clubs in Chile. Mm. So, yeah. Precisely. Um, final question so far from Samuel, a man with a fine name, whose Twitter handle is Ikanasha, uh, who says, Could you investigate why Union's third choice goalkeeper, Ignacio Arce, wears the number nine shirt? Find them and tell him it's wrong. <laughs> uh, if any of us ever get get up to Santa Fe anytime soon, we will try and track him down and tell him. But as for his motivation for doing that, or indeed the club's motivation for letting him, yeah. it'd probably be easier for Samuel to find him and tell him that because he lives there. Oh, he does, does he? Yeah. Oh, okay, well, <laughs> so. well, we'll leave you in charge of that, do Samuel. Yeah. <laughs> you go and ask him and, and do the job. Mm. Yeah. Absolutely. I think that's it for questions now because I haven't had any at all to my uh, to my Twitter account. I'm feeling very unloved. So thank you everybody for making your feelings clear about which of me and Danny prefer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it's time, I think, now to let Dan go and rant and rave and start smearing his own shit on the wall, <laughs> as usual, because it's it's prediction time, ladies and gents. Uh, don't go away, Mystic Dan is coming right up. Okay, after last week's interesting little experiment with predictions, um, how did you do getting the correct scoreline? I don't think I got any correct scoreline. <laughs> Is that you didn't even manage to predict Olympo 2, Banfield 5? No. It seems so obvious. Yeah, I sort of came close with the couple of them, but no. Um, I'll do that again. So we're just going back to results this <laughs> yes. week, right? Okay, let's see what, what you've got for this week. Okay, I've got Arsenal to beat Olimpo, Vélez to beat Independiente, uh, Rafael San Martín to draw, Colón to beat Lanús and bearing in mind this match that's going on at the moment uh, Boca to beat Argentinos Tigre to win away at All Boys Banfield and Union to draw Belgrano and Estudiantes to draw um, Niels to win away to Godoy Cruz and San Lorenzo to win away to Racing really? mainly because Tigre and San Lorenzo seem to be just matching each other for a <laughs> Yeah. So whatever Tigre does, San Lorenzo will also do. So we're tied together at the moment. It's uh, like a three-legged race of some sort. Um, I've been a very perverse one where one is constantly ahead of the other. <laughs> That's not a very good analogy, is it? No. Um, any standout like pictures? they dived out of a, a plane in a parachute. Yeah. Right. One is strapped in front of the other one. Uh, and he's standout out features like Racing San Lorenzo obviously is the, the classic of yeah. the weekend um, and you've got one where both teams kind of desperately def- desperately need three points so that could exactly yeah, I, I think be very spectacular uh, I was looking at the league table as I was writing out all my previews and stuff yesterday afternoon um, and sort of you know I always go through this team's in this position this team's in this position and it's all a first half a top half team against a bottom half team except for Racing San Lorenzo which is two bottom hmm. third teams right. I think playing against each other in the class standings but in a funny way it could 
potentially turn into one of the more entertaining matches of the weekend oh, for that reason they're yeah. both so desperate for points um, obviously Racing for slightly less slightly less urgent to reason perhaps than San Lorenzo um, are San Lorenzo going to have a manager by the time that game takes place do we think well, supposedly what I saw earlier was that Caruso Lombardi was going to be named tonight or the decision was going to be made tonight So exactly this is how up to the minute hand of pod is by the time you listen to this it will already be out of date but at least we acknowledge that yeah um Others. I'm looking forward to Godoy Newells actually. Mm. Uh, I was going to say it's going to be a Tadoras game on Wednesday night, so yeah. they'll be distracted by that. And Newells, as we've already mentioned, are a much more organised side than they have been before, so that one could go. Yeah. I mean, it's certainly Newells are the more likely victors. Yeah, I think um, um, Godoy Cruz have lost a little bit of their magic from previous seasons, and Newells definitely the form team at the moment. So. Also, I think uh, Boca Argentinas is going to. Um, going to be a very, very interesting match because uh, the juniors Argen- derby the juniors derby yeah as we can say um, because Argentinas have shown this year that they've picked up a couple of very good results and they're not you know setting the world on fire but they're kind of they're churning out points you know they're getting they're getting up there so I'm not saying they've got what it takes to beat Walker but they could possibly frustrate them you know give them a hard time for a while and you know if they can get to say the hour mark 70 minutes without conceding then you know anything could happen yeah, I, I, I'd agree with that, and particularly with now it's going to be five now, obviously. Yeah, I haven't been super impressed with Argentinos. No, I'm not saying they haven't been setting the world on fire, but they've been getting results. You know, yeah. going to Tigre and picking up three points mm. is yeah, nothing to be sniffed at. Yeah, and Boca are certainly more more free scoring than they were, but if they don't, their defence isn't as terrifying as as it was last season, um, as we've spoken about in in previous episodes. So yeah, I can I can see some logic to, to what English Dan's saying there. There's uh, never more than some, you know. Some or little. That's <laughs> as much as I can hope for. That's the hand of pod way. So don't worry. Um no, all both Tigre obviously important. Relegation. Yeah, massive game down at the bottom. As well and what have we got? Apart from that, uh, Rafaela, you know, really need a win against San Martin but it doesn't look like they're gonna do it with how they've been playing recently. Yeah, some some big games kind of. I think it's interesting to see how um, Estudiantes, Estudiantes bounce back um, yeah. after that hammering from Boca. Whether they sort of yeah. get back into winning ways. Or, I, f- I think know. they'll they'll be able to bounce back. I mean, listening to what they were saying after the game, the people like uh, Veron and and the coach, like they're very kind of down to earth. They said, you know, probably three 0 was a little bit unfair on us, but you know we had the ball but we didn't create mm-hmm. and the, you know you didn't get the feeling they were trying to make excuses or that the heads yeah. were down it was kind of yeah we've we've lost badly but we're kind of still up there it's anything that happens to I'm struggling to contain my laughter because I've just seen a, a tweet on Australian dance tweet deck saying Matt Upson should rename his son Chin which I think is so superb um, but regarding <laughs> regarding Estudiantes I, I agree that Belgrano are um, themselves in a very good position at the moment. They're on 42 points for the season, and 50 was the target that they set themselves at the beginning of the year, so they're only eight points off that. Yeah, you um, think they'll get there before the end of the season? Yeah. yeah. So um, obviously that, that's going to be a really good game as well. It's two sides. Well, Estudiantes, I wouldn't say their morale is going to have slipped too much. No. Um, their you know, wounded pride, um, that's a deliberate pun because their nickname is the Lion. Um, <laughs> you don't poke a cage line, so just remember that. No, exactly, exactly. So after last weekend, remember that Matt for us. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I don't understand. 
It's getting very silly now. After, <laughs> after last weekend, uh, Estudiantes privately wounded, and and yeah, Belgrano equally a high on confidence at the moment, yeah. so it, it could go either way. So you're possibly playing it safe, like uh, the draw. Is that a reference to Pinchelatas or not? No, the lines. You know. Yeah, but yeah. 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 Uh, it could be. Yeah, I could. Sticking that with that. Yeah. You don't poke a, paid, a cage line with a needle. Yeah, which was lines. originally invented like for stabbing rats. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> It's getting very esoteric now. <laughs> we have we like drinking all of a sudden. We're going to to call time on this now before it gets any sillier. Do you have anything to announce about your special birthday day, Sam? No, I don't. Uh, should we, Dan, do should we say that during the course of this ha- this handapod, Sam has passed into his birthday day? So twenty-eight. Well, yeah, I haven't exactly, but I've, twenty-eight uh, years. I, I, was, I was born at sixteen minutes past midnight on the fourth of April, and uh, that that. In Argentina, in the current time zone, is 16 minutes past eight. Huh? Yeah, so yeah. it's now yeah. officially your birthday. Thank is it 28? But 28. 28. Yes, yeah, so like the age that footballers hit their peak, basically. Yeah. Yes, precisely. I'm hitting my peak, my footballing peak. I'll never be better than I am right now. Right. Um, and if you extrapolate that out to, to Lionel Messi, that, that means he's what still three and a half. No, two and a half. He's, he's twenty fourth still. Twenty four. He's three and a half years off his peak still. So just right. think about just that if you're an, an AC Milan defender and cry yourself to sleep tonight. Um, actually, we haven't mentioned that. We should probably congratulate Lionel Messi on um, uh, what's he done this week to make history <laughs> on levelling uh, Jose Altafini. Uh, to to become the joint highest scorer in a single season in European Cup history a record that stood for 49 years um, and he's now going to have at least two more games to, to break it it's just another day at the office for him really isn't mm-hmm. it yeah. a little git um, anyway ladies and gents we'll talk Wait, to you I want to know if Dan has any updates about his date from oh yeah please <laughs> tell us now because a few of our listeners were, were curious after last how did it go we had a lovely time you know went to see a film and it was all very pleasant. Where is she from, then? She's from Uruguay. Ah, oh, yes, exactly. What's so, yeah. her name? It is Juliana. <laughs> Would you like to send her a message? We know she's a listener. Um, hello. Um, right. Anyway, we'll we'll get going now. Uh, very serious now. Chaps, business faces on. Um, there was something else I was going to say as well, but I can't remember what it was, so it can't be that important. Uh, well, we'll see. Oh, that was it. We'll see you next week, and hopefully, we'll have an inde- a tamed Independiente fan uh, here with uh, myself, English Dan, and fellow Racing fan. We'll drink to his absence, raise your glasses, Seba, uh, because the weekend after this coming weekend is the Avellaneda Clásico. Australian Dan will be providing his predictions for that from Ecuador yes. on holiday. Scouting uh, mission. Yes. So don't worry, we will bully him into making sure he does them. For now, ladies and gents, it's goodbye from Australian Dan. Goodbye. Goodbye from English Dan. Good evening. And goodbye from me. Goodbye. <laughs>